Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aw, yeah? Boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and insightful way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, riding the bus, in line at the supermarket, eating some super spicy food, or even planning the next video game you're going to play in the following week. <laughs> Very nice. I'm joined here in the Glow Studio by the one, the only, Axel Pose, aka Thiago. How's it going, man? Hey, Ethan. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. I mentioned spicy food because I had some some Cajun food for lunch, mm. and I imagine you mentioned video games because you're you've been gaming all weekend, right? Not yet, but I, I will be soon enough. <laughs> but before that, I mean, I, what word did you use there? Cajun. Is that correct? Cajun food. Do you know what Cajun food is? No. What is it? Cajun food, it comes from the southern United States, particularly like Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Louisiana. <laughs> uh, in that area, they have uh, fame for eating Cajun food, like a, which is a certain mix of spices. You can have mm. um, jambalaya or gumbo or some typical mm. Cajun dishes. So I was nice. having some, it wasn't as fancy as jambalaya or gumbo, but with mm -hmm. uh, some food with some Cajun spices, which was quite nice. Cool. That's some cultural insight there. Yeah, that's awesome. It is, cool. right? Yeah. And you mentioned video games. So what's the, the video game that you're looking forward to, to uh, I don't know, being a bit of couch potato on the weekend and playing some video games? Oh, yeah. Resident Evil 4 Remake. Yeah, I even have the t-shirt the here. Yeah, this is a, oh, wow. you know, Umbrella Corporation is from the game. Yeah, the Resident Evil games. Is it? It is, yeah. It's a pharmaceutical company that engages in some shady business, you know? Ooh, Let's what a shady business. Something that is kind of dishonest and illegal, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, there is this new game, and uh, I'm, I'm planning to, to play that, you know, uh, next week. So I'm excited about it. Sounds amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be on some vacay, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be taking a week off soon. Yeah, so mm -hmm. it's going to be nice to be a little bit of a couch potato. Yeah. Yeah, get some R&R, &R, as we say, some rest and relaxation. There you go, yeah. I think we used that in a previous episode, like some I time ago. So. And I remember that. I learned that from you, actually. That's cool, R&R. &R. <laughs> so in today's episode, we are looking forward to shifting over to talk about mindset. And in fact, mindset is at the center of our teaching methodology, the Real Life Way. And the reason for that is because it's just something that is so fundamental in making everything else better, right? Uh, and in particular, with a mindset, we're going to look at values. So what we're hoping to do is to help you to get more insight into what are the values that you already have that you identify as being your values, because each of us have different values, right? And that you live by, because if you're able to identify those and kind of augment their place in your life, it can just, it makes everything 
so much better. It makes everything so much more effective. It means that you can be aligned with those values and be making a bigger impact on yourself, on your life, on the world, of course. And finally, uh, values are something that are super important because they're like the they're like a set of glasses, say, that you are wearing, that you put on, and it's kind of you're seeing the world through those lenses. If any of us have ever put on a friend's glasses, that it's like everything goes blurry, right? So, you know, if you maybe you're living your life by not the best values, then you might see the world in a negative way. You might be very pessimistic. You might not believe in yourself. But if you're able to adopt values or um, strengthen values that you do have, but maybe you're not living by, then you'll start seeing the world in a, in a brighter light and it will allow you to make better decisions and so on. By the way, if my listening skills are not failing me right now, did you say <laughs> augment? Augment, yeah. Wow. Augment is to increase something. So Ethan, getting back to this talk about values, um, um, so I think we could say that knowing our values, defining them is the icing on the cake for many of us. Ooh. Wouldn't you agree? That's a very nice expression. What does it mean if something is the icing on the cake? Yeah, when you take something good and you improve it, you, you make it better. Just like a cake. Mm -hmm. Imagine a cake is already great and delicious, but the icing is the, the thing that you you know, uh, put on top of it and around it to make it even mm -hmm. more delicious or even more appealing or tasty. So yeah, mm -hmm. the icing on the cake, like you take something good and make it even better. And that said, Chiago, let's get into my big question for you of the day, which is what is one core value that you hold dear and how has it influenced your life decisions and actions? For me, Ethan, one of my core values is definitely resilience. And uh, before mm. I talk about that, let me just quickly define how I view resilience. Resilience for me is about how effectively you handle challenges, obstacles, adversity in life. Because, you mm -hmm. know, we all have problems. We all have obstacles. Yeah, we have bumps on the road. Yeah, mm -hmm. nobody's life is 100% um, smooth. But how you deal with those bumps, how you deal with those challenges, the more resilient you are, the better you tend to deal or cope uh, with those challenges. What does cope mean? Deal with. could be a synonym. Mm -hmm. You cope with the situation, you deal with it, you handle it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another part of the definition that I like to think about is also, um, I, I find, I, in my opinion, resilient people tend to recover more quickly as well from setbacks. Mm. You know, Very true. Uh, we all have setbacks in our lives sometimes. You know, sometimes you are, you know, uh, mm -hmm. feeling like you are progressing in life, you know, you are you know, but doing well, and then something happens that either stops that progress for a moment or maybe even forces you to take one or two steps back or gets mm. you down a little bit. Yeah, so I find that the more resilient you are as a person, the quicker you recover, the quicker you get back on the horse, you get back on track and keep mm -hmm. moving forward. So for me, that, was that is definitely one of my core values. And um, I think it's a value that has served me very well in my life professionally speaking, personally speaking, but one example I can give here to make it more concrete is learning English. Because mm -hmm. I think by now, it's not a secret anymore that I learned English in Brazil, here in my home country. I've never been abroad. And back then, 20 years ago when I started, I could have given, or I've could, I could have told myself maybe dozens of excuses not to learn English. You know, oh, I didn't have enough money to buy a course, I couldn't hire a teacher, or I didn't have enough money to travel. So I could have told myself many things uh, not to learn English. But instead of that, I decided to take another path, which is which was the path of, okay, 
I want to learn this language. I think it's going to be important for me. It's going to be good for me. I want to do it. I'm, you know, let me do it. Yeah. Let me find a way to learn this language, given my circumstances, my resources at that time. And then I, I thought it might be more challenging for me or more difficult than for somebody else who has more resources, but that's okay. Or it might take me longer. Maybe somebody else with more resources could do it in three years or two years. But, you know, my mindset at that time was, even if I took 10 years, I don't care because, you know, eventually I'm going to get there to my goal. So this is an example of resilience. I think that if I hadn't been resilient enough back then, I wouldn't have learned English the way I learned. And I wouldn't be using English nowadays the way I use for work and for life. Um, that actually reminds me of a really nice clip from The Pursuit of Happiness. Have you seen that movie, The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith? I have. It's a, it's a great one. In fact, we even have a, a lesson with it. It's one of our most popular lessons on Learning Through TV series of all time, which we can link down in the description if you're watching this on YouTube or in the show notes if you're just listening to the audio to check out. There is a really cool scene. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember when he walks in the, the, the interview uh, for the internship program he's applying for, and he's all covered in paint because he had an incident with his apartment the night before. So he was clearly not dressed appropriately. And looking at the interview, uh, you know, watching the interview, it was clear that he didn't have the qualifications necessary for that position, right? But then he says, he says something really nice in that scene that really, like, you know, I think it, it defines very well also what we mean, or what I mean by resilience. Actually, we have the clip here, so if T could play for us so that we can listen to it or watch, that'd be nice. Can I say something? Um, I'm the type of person, if you ask me a question and I don't know the answer, I'm going to tell you that I don't know, but I bet you what, I know how to find the answer and I will find the answer. Man, when I saw that for the first time, I was like, yes, that's it. <laughs> you know, that's it. <laughs> because, you know, and that's how I, I operate or I have operated most of my life. You know, like I never let these things kind of bring me down. Like, you know, hey, I'm going to tell you I don't know, but I will find the answer. I will find a way to get the job done or to be successful at this or that thing, right? So, and I think that this is also, it, it shows how confident you are in yourself as well. Because, you know, if you believe in yourself, if you are confident enough, you will, you know, be in that position more often like, hey, I don't know, but hey, I can do it. You see, you trust yourself enough to say, I can do it. I can learn this, okay? So, yeah, I mean, I've, resilience is definitely really important to me and, uh, if there is one thing that my, I want my kids to learn from me, you know, my two kids, my son and my daughter is that, you know, I want them to be resilient people as well, to develop that tough skin, you know, and uh, to go for what they want in life, you know, not, you know, uh, giving excuses or pointing fingers, you know, to justify maybe their failures. I don't want them to do that. So I think for being successful at anything, English is a great example. Resilience is it's crucial. Uh, I actually took some notes because it, it reminded me of some things when you were discussing that. There's a great quote that says uh, something along the lines that wind extinguishes a candle, but it, um, but it fans a fire. So this, what this basically is comparing is that, you know, when you have adversity is the wind. So if there's a, a gust of wind, we might say, you know, so some wind blowing, 
it would put out a candle, right? A candle is weak, but a fire, if you're, it, it can cause like a wildfire, right? It can cause just like this huge, powerful thing. So the difference between someone who's resilient and someone who, who's not resilient, the not resilient person would be like the candle, right? They're going to be thrown into adversity and they'll just go out there to say, I can't do it. It's too big of a challenge for me. I, I don't have the skills. I'm not naturally talented. I don't have the money. I don't have this and that other thing that would make it more ideal, right, for me. But, and this is very much like growth mindset that we talk about a lot. Uh, you know, people who lean into it saying, you know, I, I can do it uh, as long as I work hard at it, right? That's more like the person who's going to be like the the fire and and maybe you're even the case that that, that wind blows and it it just, it pushes you. There's people, you tell them that they can't and they're going to find a way. They're going to go at it forever, you know, until they actually make it. So uh, it's really something that if you don't have that already, you need to cultivate it. You need to just work on your self-talk even of catching yourself. If you're saying like, I can't do this, it's too hard. Uh, I don't have the talents. I don't have the skills. I don't have the money and so on to shift that to say like, I can't do it yet. And finally, the there's a really great image actually maybe uh, T can can show it here that this reminded me of that's expectations versus reality. And it shows like a biker, the expectation being that he's he's going to his goal, right? And it's like a straight line. But then the reality is it's all these ups and downs. There's canyons, there's lakes, there's bridges that have to be crossed. There's mountains that have to be climbed, right? So it tends to be when we have a goal or something, we think like, oh, it's going to be this clear, this clear path and everything. But life has always throws at us obstacles, right? So mm -hmm. uh, those were two things that I thought of. And Amazing. that scene, it was like less than 20 seconds. But if uh, a learner, if there weren't subtitles there, I think most learners would have a lot of difficulty understanding Will Smith because he uses so much connected speech there. So I, I took notice of some of this. I thought we could actually just maybe step aside from values for just a moment and I wanted to challenge you guys to actually try to mimic these entire 15 seconds exactly like Will Smith says them, because it's just, even if you're not interested in sounding like a native speaker, it's going to help you a lot with your listening. So um, let's see, I have here the, the text. So he says, he starts out by saying, can I say something? Can I say something? But he doesn't say, can I say something, which is how most people learn how to say it in school, right? But he reduces can to kin. This is something that, that we natives do all the time, right? Kin, and it links to the I, and I links to say. So can I say, can I say something? Can I say something? Can I say, can I say something? Exactly. And then I'm the type of person. I'm the type of person. Here we have schwa. We've talked a lot about the, the schwa as well, that this is the most common sound in, at least in American English. And it's this, uh, uh. We use it all the time. So in school, you probably learn to say the, but usually we'll reduce the to the, I'm the, I'm the type of person. So we have another one there, the of, the V gets dropped and we also just pronounce it as a schwa and that all links together. I'm the type of person. I'm the type of person. You got it. Going back to the scene. So Will Smith says, if you ask me a question, if you ask me a question, but there's an, uh, again, a lot of connected speech in this line. If you, so you oftentimes we natives will reduce that to yeah or yeah, as he does here. So he says, if yeah, if yeah, ask me a, uh, again, we have the schwa there, a, mm. instead of saying a, we'll often say a, uh, and then question. If you, if yeah, ask me a question. If yeah, if you ask me a question. You got it. And I don't know the answer. So again, th this he reduced a lot. So and 
oftentimes we'll say it that way, but oftentimes we just say an or un. So he says there an, and it links to the I, an I. And then don't, we have a T at the end there. Usually when we have this NT at the end of words, we'll pronounce that T as what's called a glottal T. It's a sound that's cut off at the back of, we cut the T off at the back of our throat, right? So it's like a, uh, 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 uh. And so instead of saying don't, which a lot of learners I hear say don't or can't or isn't, we don't say that strong T in American English. We'll say don't, can't, isn't, right? Mm -hmm. So he links all those those three words together. And I don't, and I don't, and I don't. Again, we have a, a the here that's reduced to the, and that links to no. And I don't know the answer. And I don't mm -hmm. know the answer. The answer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, we have here, I'm going to tell you that I don't know. I'm going to tell you that I don't know. Which, of course, he doesn't say it like that. We have going to. Most learners know that that becomes gonna, right? So, uh, and he reduces it even more. Oftentimes, gonna will reduce to anna. So he says, I, instead of saying, I'm going to, he says, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. And also, like, again, there, the the you reduces and links to tell. So it's tell you. That I, we have an American T there. When we have a T in American English between two vowel sounds, so here between an A and an I, it usually changes to a D sound. So instead of being that I, it's that I. Don't, again, with the glottal T there. No. I'm going to tell you that I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you mm -hmm. that I don't know. You got it. Okay, and then... Uh, but I bet you what, he says. Which, by the way, what does it mean if, you, if I say, I bet you, I bet you what? Like placing a bet, like, you know, you are willing to bet your money, to put your money on the table and say, hey, I can do this. And if I can't, mm -hmm. you can take my money away. Yeah. Exactly. So he says, but I bet you what? But I bet you what? He says as, but I, so we have an American T there. And then something really interesting that happens here is oftentimes when we have a T plus a Y in American English, we change it, it morphs into a CH sound. Same actually happens if you have a D plus a Y, it morphs into a J sound. So bet you becomes bet you. And you'll hear people say this a lot, like bet you or betcha, you know, and what, betcha what, bet you what. So here he says, but I bet you what? But I bet you what? I know how to find the answer. I know how to find the answer. So here we have... The two reduces to a schwa sound, so it becomes ta. But then because it's a T between two vowel sounds, between the uh and the ow of how, it becomes howda, howda. I know how to find the answer. So the, the other thing that happens there is he drops the D on find. And this is probably because oftentimes when you have a D and a T following each other, you might drop one of them. So he says find the, uh, actually I think here he emphasizes so he says, find the, find the answer. I know how to find the answer. I know how to find the answer. And finally, this one has hardly any connected speech because he's being very emphatic. So when we want to be emphatic, oftentimes we'll deliberately not use connected speech, right? So he says, and I, so we do have connected speech there, which we saw before, and I, but then in every other word, he says pretty, pretty emphatically, and I will find the answer. And I will find the answer. Can I say something? Um, I'm the type of person, if you ask me a question and I don't know the answer, I'm going to tell you that I don't know. But I bet you what? 
I know how to find the answer and I will find the answer. So again, I want to challenge you, dear listener, dear viewer, to you know, watch the entire scene again and try to mimic Will Smith. Try to say it exactly as he did. So we gave you kind of the the piece by piece there. If you're watching the video on YouTube, it'll help too because you'll you'll be able to see there the connected speech. But doing that, I promise you, if you if you do that a few times and you're able to get it really down how he says it, it's going to help you so much to understand fast speaking natives, right? And speaking of understanding fast speaking natives and even feeling more resilient when you're learning English, I highly recommend that you check out the Real Life English app because you get an interactive transcript for uh, the podcast. So you'll be able to follow along as we're speaking and everything and see how we're pronouncing things. Uh, you get to see all of the most important vocabulary as well. And you get vocabulary flashcards so you never forget the new words that you're learning. And of course, you can go have conversations with people from all around the world so you practice everything that you're learning anytime, anywhere. So check it out. It's absolutely free to download. Just look for Real Life English in your favorite app store and we look forward to seeing you there. All right, Ethan. So I've shared my one of my core values. What about you? I'm curious to know what is one core value that you have and how has it influenced your life and your decisions up until now? Yeah, so I put some reflection into this as we were preparing for this lesson. And one that's really near and dear to my heart is global citizenship, which actually global citizenship is, I think, a package really of different values and everything. But our vision here at Real Life English is to create a world beyond borders. And obviously, I, I'm one of the co-founders, so I helped to come up with this vision. And that doesn't mean create a world without borders. We're not trying to, you know, break down and, and have like a world where anyone can go anywhere. That might be nice at some someday, some point, uh, not need to worry about passports and visas and so on. But when we say beyond borders, what we really mean is that we're not limited by our borders. We're not limited by our culture. We're not limited by the way of thinking in our part of the world. We're able to open our minds to be able to speak with anyone from anywhere. And I think the big thing here is in being a global citizen is instead of being judgmental, you're curious, you know, so when you're, you're having a conversation with someone from another country, they're doing something very strange that's different from how the people do it in your part of the world. Instead of judging them, you recognize that the, the way that I do things, the way that my culture perceives the world isn't the right way. It's just one way of doing it. And the way that this other person does it, as long as it's not harming anyone, is also also perfectly valid. You know, we we all have we all come out of these different traditions, these different uh, value systems, these different uh, maybe religions or beliefs. So it's really opening yourself up and, and being curious, and instead of judging, asking questions, really trying to put yourself in the other person's shoes, really trying to understand how they see the world, and that's something that I think is immensely challenging. So it's a value I hold, but it's something that I'm always working at because it's very easy to very easy to judge people. It's very easy to just go by your stereotypes or the stereotypes you've been hearing all your life about it. You know, to imagine that Tiago is a excellent samba dancer. He <laughs> he plays uh, you know, football like like Neymar and you know, he yeah. has a pet monkey, of course. <laughs> but obviously like none of those things are are true well not obviously you know maybe you are a good samba dancer maybe you do play football well or oh, soccer yeah, it's a secret that i've been keeping from everybody you know <laughs> so coming back to this there's uh, a quote that we like to use all the time here which is no matter what divides us that which unites us is far greater and what this means is that you know as human beings as you know being 
this this same animal that has all these same fundamental problems and desires. You know, if you have kids, ultimately you just want the best thing for your kids, no matter where you're from. All of us have, uh, all of us want to be successful in our lives. All of us want to feel like we matter. All of us want to feel loved. All of us want to spend time with our friends and, and have meaningful relationships and so on. All these things that connect us as human beings, they're so much more important than all the superficial things that make us different, depending where we come from, like, you know, religion, traditions, and, uh, and so on. So if I had to say one core idea here, I'd say that the big thing is being willing to lean into the discomfort that you feel when someone has a different worldview from you. So in, in other words, could say stepping outside of your comfort zone and really being willing to challenge your assumptions. I really like that. It's so beautiful. Um, and it's, a, it's about going deeper, right? Because, uh, Yes, maybe superficially speaking, we are different, right? Different countries, mm -hmm. different cultures, even, you know, the looks, right? But if you dig a little bit deeper, yeah, you will see that there are some fundamental truths that mm -hmm. everybody on earth, every human being on earth shares, like, you know, those examples you gave, right? So being able to get past that initial barrier and realize that, hey, I mean, we, we actually have more in common than we think or than mm -hmm. I thought. It allows you to start saying that it's really fascinating, actually, all the different ways of operating and seeing the world and so on. So if you're able to, you know, get off of your high horse, as we might say, <laughs> stop, stop being judgmental of people, stop thinking that yours is the ultimate truth and so on. It allows you to get to have more fun with it, to be to be curious, to learn different ways of doing things and so on. And um, that's one of the really beautiful things about being able to speak English is it allows you to open yourself up to all these different ways of, of seeing the world, all these different realities. This whole, this whole uh, conversation about stepping outside of your comfort zone, it really reminds me of one of my favorite movies, which is called Into the Wild. So mm. we prepared a clip from that as well. I'll just, in case any of you aren't familiar with this movie, in a nutshell, it's about a guy who is graduating college. You know, he has parents who have these expectations that he should get a really good job, you know, be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. But he kind of rebels against that. He just sees all of this as being kind of consumist capitalist culture. And he's wanting to go out and, and have an adventure. He takes his car out to the desert. He burns it. He gives away all of his money. Like he's, he's just completely breaking himself away from society. He changes his name. His name's Chris, but he changes his name to Alexander Supertramp. And he, it's, uh, he's working towards a dream. He wants to go to Alaska and live out in the wilderness, but throughout the movie, and it's actually based on a book and a true story, he meets all these different people along his way who have different impacts on him. And it's, it's like a lot of different beautiful stories that happen within this movie. So the scene that I chose is from, uh, he's, I believe in Arizona, staying with this, this older man who is a widower, which means his, his wife died and he, he lives alone. And so they, they kind of cultivate, they cultivate, uh, got tongue tied there they mm -hmm. foster or you could say a uh, relationship and so alexander super tramp he's about to leave but you know they go out um outside together and ron says you know what are you running from why what is the reason that you don't have this relationship anymore with your family and that you're trying to go to alaska what are you running from and alexander turns it around on him and says like i know what you're running from so that's what we're going to mm. going to see he challenges him, challenges him to break out of his stagnant existence there that he's gotten into. 
But before we watch that clip, we wanted to give a very special thanks to one of our viewers, listeners, and app users, who also is named Chago. So obviously it's not from not from you, Chago, from a different Chago, uh, who is also from Brazil. So he even sent us in an audio reading his review. So let's roll it. Hi everyone, I'm Thiago and I'm from Brazil. My favorite part of the app is the possibility to practice the language using podcasts to improve my level of comprehension. It's also the chance to talk to people all around the world in English. Before the app, my English was good, but I wasn't confident enough to talk to people in English. And now, my English is way better than I thought it was before this experience with real-life English. I love it. Oh, yeah. All right, Thiago, thank you so much for the wonderful shout-out and testimonial. And it's amazing to see that we share the same name. If you want us to shout you out, then all you have to do is download the app. Again, it's free. And if you enjoy the experience, leave us a five-star review so we can find you and we can also give our thanks here on the podcast. All right, so now we're going to have Ice-T, who's here in the studio with us, roll that clip of Into the Wild. You're going to live a long time, Ron. You should make a radical change in your lifestyle. I mean, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences. And there you are, stubborn old man, sitting on your butt. Sitting on my butt? Yeah. Ha! I'll show you sitting on my butt. Stubborn old man. I'll show you. Come on, then. Come on. That's a beautiful scene. Uh, just to give the listeners here some uh, visual context. So uh, the young guy, mm -hmm. uh, Chris, his name, right? He's at the top mm -hmm. of a hill. And uh, the old guy, yeah, Ron, uh, the elderly guy, he, he's at the bottom. And he actually climbs up. He actually climbs up the hill when he says, I'll show you, yeah? And he goes mm -hmm. up and then he joins uh, Super Tramp. On, you know, up there, and then they sit together, have a, a nice chat. Yeah, that is such a beautiful scene. Yeah, I highly recommend that if you haven't watched it yet to check it out because it's the whole movie is just like so inspiring. Uh, but the reason I chose this scene in particular is because I love this quote that he says, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences, which I think is really everything that we're talking about, about stepping outside of your comfort zone. Uh, and, you know, experiencing new things, meeting new people from other places and so on, just like he does. He's just in the States, but he's still, the States, it's a big country, is able to meet all these really different people who teach him different things. So wh what does that mean, by the way, if you say that the core of something, the core of man's spirit? Let's say maybe the main part of something. Yeah, the main mm -hmm. part of something is the core, the fundamental thing, quality or truth, let's say. And he calls him a stubborn old man, I think something like that, right? What does it mean if someone is stubborn? If you are stubborn, you are stuck in your ways, and uh, it's mm -hmm. very hard to change your mind, to change your opinion, and uh, mm -hmm. that's actually, uh, it's usually used in a negative way, yeah, this word, because you know, mm -hmm. it shows that you are inflexible. You are not open to other points of view, other types of opinion. You are stubborn. We even have an expression we could use, if you're wanting to be even more in fact, you can say someone is stubborn as a mule. <laughs> mule is a, an animal like a, I think it's crossed between a horse and a donkey. And uh -huh. a, apparently these are very stubborn animals. They're, if they don't want to move, for example, it's very difficult to get them to move, right? They're just stubborn. 
And then people who are watching on YouTube, they saw both of us were laughing when he says sitting on your butt. What does that mean <laughs> if someone's sitting on their butt? Literally, your butt is your behind, right? Uh -huh. And uh, sitting on your butt is like a lazy person. Eh? You're just sitting on your butt, like not doing anything, like sitting down and maybe watching TV all day long, yeah? Or not doing right. much with your life. Eh? Just sitting on your mm -hmm. butt. It's a fun expression. And I, I really like, too, uh, the way that he says this, because he's, as often happens, right, when we have these words ending in I and G, we'll drop the G. So he just said sitting on, and uh, he reduces, again, the your, like we saw before. We reduce you, we also reduce your. So he said sitting on your butt, sitting on your butt. And something here, too, that I thought I would quickly point out is a lot of learners, I think because, for example, in Spanish, you don't have a word that you'd use for that's different between but, but, uh, but an ass, for example. And so I hear some learners will use the word ass, but ass is actually a curse word in English, right? So, uh, yeah, ass you, you can use if you're with, you know, people who you have a good relationship with and everything, but in other cases, but is a softer word we could say, right? That reminds me of maybe a, a previous episode we did where you mentioned this, right, Ethan? Um, mm -hmm. also those cultural insights, like, you know, for example, yeah. cursing too lightly, yeah? Like, mm -hmm. you know, be careful with the word ass. Yeah. Don't use it so lightly. Yeah. And just like in, in ending the scene, uh, Ron says, I'll show you. What does that mean? So when somebody <laughs> um, challenges you or dares mm -hmm. you to do something and you accept that challenge, you can say, oh, yeah, you think I cannot do this? I'll show you. Watch me. <laughs> so it's a great phrase to <laughs> accept the challenge and do it. And watching the scene is really nice because the, the you know Ron he says oh yeah I'll show you and then he does climb up the hill yeah it despite difficulty right it's actually he's quite resilient in that case we could circle ah, back there you go yeah <laughs> beautiful the last thing I took note of is that uh, Alexander says you're going to live a long time but he says this really quickly people might have noticed this he says you're going to live a long time so he reduces the your to your and going to, of course, becomes gonna. Uh, the live and a, a becomes schwa, and they they link together. So live a long time. You're gonna live a long time. Mm, you're you're gonna live. You're gonna live a long time. Nice. So mm -hmm. Ethan, okay, uh, this is all nice and beautiful. Yeah, get in touch with your adventurous side. Seek out adventure, but. Does that mean that now all of us have to go into the woods or the wilderness, as you said earlier, and build our cabins mm -hmm. there, not talk to anybody anymore in order to be adventurous? I mean, that might be right for some people who are listening or watching. You know, maybe that's that's what you need right now. But I mm -hmm. think there's so many different kinds of adventure, right? Um, for example, having a kid is a huge new adventure in your life. Even, you know, a, a few years ago, I got, I got a dog. I think I underestimated the adventure that, that getting a puppy is as well, you know? So bringing someone, a new family member in, that's a, that's a huge adventure. Uh, starting a business, for example, maybe you've been, you know, in a, in a job, you're, you're stuck in a rut, you just aren't happy with your job. You have this idea for something that you're, you're really passionate about and you'd love to go do it. That would be a, a huge adventure, right? Mm -hmm. Or or even just sometimes it, it doesn't have to be something huge, but learning a new language or learning to play guitar or another instrument that you've always mm -hmm. wanted to learn, that can be an adventure. So I think it depends where you are in your life, maybe how resilient you are or how, um, how much of a tolerance that you have for doing something new or, or challenging and so on. So you can always start with something small, but 
I think that, you know, asking yourself, what am I doing today to step outside of my comfort zone in some way? That could be doing a new workout. It could be, we talked a few episodes ago about, you know, making the decision to take the stairs instead of the elevator. That can be, for some people, stepping outside of their comfort zone. It can be an adventure. So I think it, it really just depends. Start where you're at, right? That's amazing. And also, it's about challenging your assumptions, getting out of your comfort zone, trying new things, being open to new experiences, always mm -hmm. learning, learning new things. So, yeah, that's what we mean by being adventurous. Eh? It can take the more literal sense of the word, yeah, literally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if maybe that's what you need, like Ethan said. Yeah? Or maybe it's just about that, yeah, like, you know, experimenting new things, learning new things. Yeah, step outside of your comfort zone, big or small. All right, so... Let's jump into today's big challenge. So for today's big challenge, actually, before we even get into the big challenge, in preparing for this, Thiago, you had found a really nice quote from David Brooks, who's actually a journalist from the New York Times. I think most people are familiar with that publication and a writer. Uh, so do you want to share that? Yeah, it was really cool because, you know, in this article, uh, he's talking about the difference between your resume virtues and your eulogy virtues. Just to mm -hmm. contextualize here, your resume is your curriculum, yeah, your CV. Yeah, when you apply mm -hmm. for a job, you have that document, that piece of paper with your background, you know, work background, educational background. That's your resume. So he calls the resume virtues and the eulogy virtues. Eulogy is uh, usually a speech. Uh, that is given when somebody passes away or dies. Yeah, you know, th there's usually mm -hmm. somebody there um, speaking some nice words about that person who has just uh, passed away. That's your eulogy. Now, it's really cool because, you know, he compares the difference here. Yeah, he explains the difference. And he says that we should focus more in life on developing our eulogy virtues instead of mm -hmm. resume virtues. So let me read here. Uh, the, the paragraph where he defines that. So here it is. The resume virtues are the ones you list on your resume, the skills that you bring to the job market and that contribute to external success. The eulogy virtues are deeper. They're the virtues that get talked about at your funeral, the ones that exist at the core of your being. That's the word. There's that word again, right, Ethan? Core, mm -hmm. at the core of your being. Whether you are kind brave, honest, or faithful? What kind of relationships you formed? He uses the word virtues here, but virtues, it's, it's kind of like a synonym, right? For values. So it's basically the things, the resume values. I think of those as kind of like the values that you say you have, but then when push comes to shove, we'd say when you're actually put to the test to exhibit that value in some way, you, you don't, you know, you just tell people this is something I value, but you don't actually walk the talk with it. So... For example, if someone says, oh, yes, I'm I'm very adventurous, but then you can never get them to try anything new. You know, they say, you say, oh, let's go out for sushi. And they're like, mm, no, let's just have, you know, maybe some pasta or something more <laughs> more comfortable or something. It's like, are you don't you say you're, you're trying to be more adventurous? Let's go right. out and have, have something new. Have some kimchi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we wanted to jump in today, uh, jumping in today's big challenge. The big challenge that we want to give you all is something that's called the funeral exercise. And actually, I don't know if this originally comes from there, but the first place I heard of it was from The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, a book that is very near and dear to our hearts because it's got, it's chock full of important 
values for living a successful or just, you know, a meaningful, happy life. And so he calls this the funeral exercise. And it's a way for you to develop or even identify what are these eulogy virtues that you have. And basically all you have to do, you, you can even like close your eyes for a moment and imagine, you know, you're, you're walking into a church, you're walking into a place where a funeral is being held and, you know, there's lots of people there, there's people crying, it's very somber sort of ambience, I could say. Uh, and, you know, you walk up to the casket, the casket is the, the place where the dead person is, exhibit, is exhibited. Sometimes you have a funeral with an open casket, so that would be the case at this one. You walk up to the casket to show your respects to the person who's passed, and to your shock, you see that the person inside is you. So you're at your own funeral. And basically what you're doing in this exercise is you're imagining what are the what are the conditions that are happening here? What do you want people to be saying at your funeral? What do you want people to remember about you? What kind of things will they say that you valued or what were the contributions that you made to your community or to society? Um, what will they say about your work? Who are even the people that you want there? You know, and, and like you can you can really get down into the details and think of each of these person, the relationship they had, what do you want each of these people to say about you? So you can go really deep with this. It's a really powerful reflection. Uh, I've, I've done this myself. And, you know, once you've done that, you'll have much clearer, like, what are the things actually, when push comes to shove, like, actually, when I die, what are the things that I really value and I want people to remember me for? And, you know, that gives you kind of a map. It's like, okay, I should actually be trying to cultivate these things more, be trying to exhibit them more, be trying to live a life more aligned with these values. We, we, we highly recommend you actually, you know, sit down, grab a piece of paper and do this exercise. It's going to make a huge, like possibly can make a huge impact on your life. And if you do, we would love it if you just shared something that you learned in doing this exercise with us. So you can, if you're just listening to the audio, you can write us at hello at reallifeglobal.com. We would love to receive your email. We're really looking forward to what kind of insights you have. And if you're watching on YouTube, then all you have to do is comment below. We read every comment that you guys send us. So again, we're really looking forward to hear what kind of impact this exercise has on y'all. And before we go, we just wanted to wrap up by sharing some comments that we were really grateful for in our last lesson. So I'll throw that over to you, Thiago. All right, guys. So we have some wonderful comments here. For example, Vivian says, since I've discovered her podcast, I've started to live my English. Miguel says, you are all special in my life. Since I started to listen to your podcast, I've gained a lot of confidence in myself. Finally, Grace says, you guys have changed the way I learn English forever. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. These are wonderful yeah. comments. We would love to see your comments too, if you want to throw them down in the comments, or again, you can email them to us and maybe we'll read it in one of our future episodes. And Ethan, I actually have a question here from Abigail, another follower. She wants to send us a voice message, but she doesn't know how. How can she and other viewers and followers here send us a voice message? It's so nice that Abigail actually asked about that. So if you want to send us a voice message, again, the best way would be by email to hello at reallifeglobal.com. You can record this on your computer. Uh, there's obviously many different softwares. A free one that you could use is Audacity if you don't have any voice recording software, or you can do it on your phone and then send it to us, whatever works for you. But yeah, we'd love to receive your voice, your voice notes, your voice message. 
All right, guys, so we really hope that you, you know, you do some reflection, a little bit about your values. Hopefully you got inspired today, even on some new values that you can cultivate or some values that you want to spend more time with. And we hope that this podcast, that we were able to have some sort of impact on you and inspire you to some sort of change. It's going to help you to live a better, happier life or help you to help others. So thanks so much for joining us again. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Real Life English Podcast. One, two, three. Oh yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.